What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Great move, Gordy. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We are back together again for the first time in uh, over a month, I think. I feel like it's been months, multiple months. Yes. Kevin, you are back from Japan. I am. Uh, I believe it was a recruiting trip for the Quack Attack. Yes. Uh, got a lot of new Quackalites, Japanese Quackalites. That's good. That's good. I expect yeah. our, our numbers a to couple, go. A couple Australian Quackalites as well. Oh, met, wow. I met some uh, some folks from Adelaide and uh, Brisbane. Um, so, uh, yeah. Shout out to Jamie and uh, Emmanuel and uh, their crews. Yes, shout out to the crews and Uzuki, our oh. bartender at a bar in uh, in Tokyo. He wow, was, he was dope. Shout out to everybody. He's actually a journalist too, which oh, is cool. A bartender cool. journalist. Interesting. Yeah, he bartends on Sundays. Interesting combo hmm. there. And, is he writing uh, a book about his bartending? No. <laughs> He's waiting for the owner of the bar to die so he can take over as owner of the bar. Does the owner know that? <laughs> I don't know. She's apparently really old. Mm. Well, hopefully the owner's not listening to this I podcast. I feel like, yeah. Mm. Probably not. I feel like this could be worth investigating. <laughs> the mysterious death of the bar owner. Yeah. And He's a journalist, so he knows how to like cover up a crime, probably. Oh, Maybe. that's true. Yeah. The layers to this, it goes deeper. It goes right to the top. <laughs> But as far as we know, you returned voluntarily. You were not deported or kicked out or anything like that. I, w- I was not. I got along very well with the Japanese people. They are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, I was telling Mike before we went on air that I want to move to Japan because it's awesome. So I recommend going to Japan for anybody. Yes. And uh, yeah, when we move, when we open our Japan offices, the Quack Tech Japan yes. offices, I think we'll head, let you head that out there. Sweet. Yes. Um, other news. We uh, have been following your kin token ah. and your uh, yeah your journey through there. If if you are unfamiliar, Kevin bought the cryptocurrency kin token for three hundred dollars a while ago. At last check, which was which was quite a while ago itself, it was down to eighty four dollars. Do we have an update on the kin token here? So. Um... Okay, we do have an update, but first, a couple weeks ago, um, we just haven't had a chance to record since then, um, but there was this weird instance that I use this portfolio tracker called Delta, and basically what it does is it just tracks the exchanges mm-hmm. uh, for like transactions, so um, it's not like a, an exchange itself. So somebody made a really dumb trade, so it completely fucked up their algorithm, <laughs> so I got an alert that my kin token was worth, I have, I have it to set up to alert me if it's ever over one cent. And so <laughs> okay. I got an alert. Um, let me see if I can find it. But uh, I went to go check my, my portfolio and it said that it was worth um, something like $158 trillion or something. <laughs> and it, it was like a 158 quadrillion percent return. Wow. Um, 
It was a very exciting, very brief uh, 15 seconds or whatever. You bought a round it, of it, drinks well, from Mizuki <laughs> at the bar. It normalized very quickly, um, but that is prone to happen. It happened again, less extreme, where it told me my portfolio was worth like $460. Oh. Um, but that also was pretty short-lived. Um, at the moment, the portfolio is worth... On an original eighty-seven fifty-seven. Oh, okay. So it, it it went up a little. It was kind of like climbing to one fifty there for a little bit, and then it just kind of came back down. So mm. still very uh very volatile. Yeah. This, this well, this is exciting. Yeah. Uh, it was more... a it was a very uh exciting and then disappointing um <laughs> couple weeks. Yeah. So. If you could have just sold when it was one hundred fifty eight. That's trillion not dollars. exactly how it works, but yeah, it's you just got... that somebody made a trade where they. They basically paid two Ethereum for like a tiny fraction of a kin. So basically, they paid like sixteen hundred dollars for the equivalent of like like cents, nine hundredths of a cent or something like that. (laughs) So it completely screwed up the math. Yeah. Oh, I see. And people were kind of freaking out on Reddit, and then they realized what happened. They're like, "Some sucker just got took." Yeah. So be careful out there, kids. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Don't, don't call it Great trade. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking Gordon Gecko of cryptocurrency. <laughs> All right. Some business to take care of from last week's pod, my solo pod, which I was, I don't know if it was the high point or the low point in my life, but <laughs> did a solo pod. Wait, uh, was it the first time you've ever just sat and talked to yourself in a room? I mean, I talked to myself like in my mind all the time and just like. I, I like prepare for conversations like I'm probably never gonna have. Oh, like yeah. in the shower have arguments. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think Not, I've ever it's talking out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't ever I don't think I've ever like said it out loud. So yeah, it was interesting to just sit there and talk for like twenty minutes straight. Nobody myself. talked back, did they? No, I was trying to get the dog to talk, but she did not. Your she... dog is always barking except when I guess you wanted to. She, yeah, she's quiet until people come over. I hear she's a terror. I've, I've never she actually is. met the dog. Yes, yeah. she is. She's, it's a Shiba Inu? Is that That correct? is correct, yeah. Okay. Japanese breed, there you, there you go. go. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a picture. It's like, she's a cute dog, but yeah. Very, very angry at intruders. Very territorial. Yeah, when we were recording at Mike's studio, uh, she was not a fan <laughs> Mike's of me. studio? I like how we all have studios. <laughs> <laughs> this is a studio apartment. <laughs> Yeah. Just kidding. He has a very lovely home. So, in that last episode, I talked about how Quacklight Sean had created a Sega Genesis game of the Mighty Ducks, uh, NHL 94 modification. So, we got some people downloading that, um, still working on the online aspect of it. But if you're in, let me know and we can try to do it. We got some, yeah, we got, like I said, we got some people going on it, but have not played a game online with it yet. Quick uh, sidebar before I forget. I got this awesome Harold the Duck shirt oh. in Japan in uh, Shibuya. Shibuya. Um, or no, Harajuku. I think that's, that's it's like the fat, one of the fashion capitals of okay. the world. Um, it's awesome. I'll have to take a picture so you can put it in the show notes. It's oh. very cool. Is it the best thing you bought in Japan? Probably. <laughs> um, I don't know. We got some cool like knickknacks and stuff, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. So... Go to the show notes. It will be a packed show notes with the, between my dog and Kevin Shirt there. And, <laughs> uh, but from the last episode, our good friend Jack White re- sent us an email, and he said 
Basically, that uh, we were talking about the Whalers North Stars game and the exact day and the exact game. And the winner, the guy who scored the game winning goal was a guy named Adam Burt. Turned out that Jack White knew Adam Burt as a youth playing for Compuware up in Michigan. Wow. So it all comes full circle. What a small world that is. Exactly. Exactly. Duck called to Jack White. Um, and then. I'll, just real quick, I'm going to ask you the quack question that was asked uh, in the last episode. Would you rather have the Hanson brothers from Slapshot or the Bash brothers from the Mighty Ducks? I mean, that's easy. Bash brothers. Yeah, Bash brothers. Well, I mean, in what context, though? Like, on my team? On your team, yes. Oh, Hanson brothers were pretty badass. Yeah. They were also much older. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying... I would, I would take them playing in a youth league. Yeah. <laughs> They would just destroy. Did did uh, we saw them at least two of them in Lubbock when we were in school? They played at the Coliseum. I don't remember that. Yeah, there there used to be like a semi pro hockey team, Mm. the Cotton Kings. Uh, Yeah, actually, no. I think this was like during periods of the Tech. uh, Oh, the Tech Club team. It was awesome. Brandon got his his VHS signed. These people don't know who Brandon is, but (laughs) (laughs) that's who we visited in Japan. There we go. Oh, there you go. All right, so Bash Brothers. I went with the Bash Brothers as well after some internal debate that I put on. You had with (laughs) yourself. Exactly, that I put on the air there. All right, so let's go to the topic at hand. Uh, Tommy, did I explain the topic at hand well enough for you to explain it to the clock lights there? No. Awesome. I don't even remember what he said. Okay, so again, going back to last episode, our good friend, Stevie Yanks asked the question, how did the documentary filmmakers get the footage of Gordon Bombay as a youth? And he basically said, are we understating Bombay's hockey career because of his possible documentary that was being made about him as a youth? So I answered the question. I I said, no, because he was good. Like we knew he'd scored 198 goals, but the, the lingering question remains was there a documentary about Gordon Bombay's life? So, obviously, you have the the footage of him on the pond, and then you also have the footage of him missing the shot in the Pee Wee Championship, and obviously multi multi camera, uh, different cuts and that kind of stuff. So, if you're thinking about the Pee Wee Championships and, and this league in particular, obviously we know the league that the Ducks were in, was very well covered. Do you think there would have been enough cameras at just the Pee Wee hockey game to have that kind of footage available when these documentary came, takers came in and, and uh, started their work on the Ducks? Okay, so Bombay's miss, infamous miss, was in 73, is that right? That is correct. Okay, um, I'm trying to think of like old sporting events. You see highlights on TV, and the only one I can think of is like uh, Miracle on Ice, mm-hmm. which is of course 1980. And I can't remember like seeing multiple angles. Is it? I'm surely it's not just single camera, but I don't really know what TV was like back then. Uh, in fact, anytime I see like highlights of any kind of sporting event, like pre HD, honestly, like pre 2010, I'm like, how the hell did people watch games? <laughs> <laughs> Can't even tell who's on which team. 
I mean, they had decent footage of like NBA games. Like I remember like finals games, like from the seventies. Like I've seen those before, but I can't think of like multiple cameras. Well, think about like college game. games from like the eighties. They're bad. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of it is really just the overlay. Like we're so spoiled having like a very nice looking, you know, score and clock and everything in there. It literally is just like a camera pointed at the shot clock. Yeah, I guess that's pretty true. And most of them, if you do see them, they're just kind of like snippets of the of the wide shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it could have been that the Hawks had like just guys taking film. You know, oh. Riley's pretty thorough as a coach. You know, that's he could true. just have multiple cameras, people filming for yeah, know, that's study a good point. purposes for future teams. Yeah. And you figure the Hawks are pretty good. Maybe they have a documentary going about them. Yeah. Who knows? So that's a good point there. Now, the other one is obviously the pond footage. Is there any indication that this could be like a sort of dramatic reenactment to sort of fill the time in there as, as Bombay sits on the ice and thinks about his life after getting the skates from Hans? I mean, could, can the simple explanation be that it was his mom? Yeah, it's like a home movie. Yeah. And that's why his dad wasn't yelling at him when he said only five more minutes. Yeah. Because normally he would have just like grabbed him by the scruff of the neck. You know, he's on camera. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was I was thinking, yeah, he was just out on the ice alone. So you would figure he would have to have a some sort of crew there to film him. But maybe this is mom there. But very produced, again, for this documentary. I mean, all it really had was, like, black edges around it. Like, that'd be fairly easy to add to any, like, home movie. Like, I could make Tommy's, you know, home movies look pretty dramatic if I wanted to. I'm going to try to... We've got some home movies. (laughs) My parents can come visit in a couple months. I'm going to see if they can bring some of those tapes up. There we go. And we'll uh, we'll get some good ones. Let's see. I think there's one of me at, like... Uh, I don't want to call it gymnastics because it's just, like, a bunch of kids running around on balance beams. Like, gymboree? Yeah, basically. Um... And I, uh, I just remember I kept on falling off the balance beam from like looking at it. Um, very embarrassing. <laughs> um, but we'll see if there's any that we can bring back. We, do you have any footage of you playing hockey? Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a ton. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like we need to put that online regardless. Okay. What about you playing basketball? Uh, video? I'm not sure. Um, definitely photos, but I don't know if my mom ever took video. I mean. People like filmed it for like the coaches would film it, but yeah, I don't right. know if I have any. Right. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be my parents who had. Actually, it. Like, I don't have. That's any. not true. I do. They made a DVD for us. At oh, the end of the year. I'll have to try to find that. Okay. It's somewhere in my like one of my DVD sleeves somewhere. And then Ooh. we can make a dramatic. Yeah, it's like to it. it's like produced and stuff. It's got oh, music yeah. overlaid. Yeah. All right. All right. I didn't make it. I, I don't know who made it. I think somebody like like that equivalent of like kinkos but for video made it (laughs) kinkos for video good people there you go i mean my point with bombay though was like they have like a close-up of gordon's dad and then it cuts back to gordon and then he's like skating around again would the mom be able to take that and it would be the mom be able to really uh either spend some time in post doing that or just be able to like sort of move the camera in a way that it looks like she's like cutting back and forth there. Well, I mean, she very easily could just turn the camera off, said something to the dad, turn the camera, like then go look at Gordon, turn the camera back on. Also, we know nothing about Gordon's mom, right? 
And we know like, nothing about video technology from back then. <laughs> that's well, that's true. true, but we know absolutely nothing about her. Right? That is correct. We don't she even She could know have been that. a filmmaker. Like Oh. Oh. Like she could have just been a really good home video taker due to the fact that she is a filmmaker. That's true. Yeah. That would explain almost everything. Like even Gordon missing the shot and like that close up on his face, the mom would just be like, "This is just a great dramatic moment. I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> I'm a, this is me as a filmmaker, not a mother. I'm yeah. capturing the worst moment of my son's life. <laughs> exactly. And perfect. <laughs> exactly. So that kind of answers the question. And maybe she was making her own personal documentary, whether it's for the some the, for a wide release or just for herself well i think i think this is very much like home movies like we were yeah. just talking about you know mike's talking about his parents shooting his um his games and so i think this is very clearly a case of a very accomplished you know um videographer cinematographer shooting where, where does movies. the line stop between home movie and documentary like what like what constitutes one over the other that's a good question I think that's a very. Like, I'm fine sure there line. are some really shitty documentaries out there. Well, yeah, there are. Um, well, this is interesting. We, um, I took, I was an English minor in college, and so Ooh. somehow I was able to just take <laughs> a bunch of film classes to get that English minor because you have to take like a couple. I like, took intro to film. In yeah, college. and so in one of the discussions, we talked about oh, well, you know, what makes a documentary, and it talked about how. You have like um, like a static camera, like it's very shaky, like it adds like authenticity to it, because like you're, you know, like thinking about like which project, yeah, like you're, you know, like like if you're going to interview someone real quick and like the sounds real shitty until you get the mic from it, you know, it's like oh this is real, what I'm watching is real. They're like ambushing this guy in the street for this man on the street interview, or whatever. Um, and so it also is kind of like when you see the mockumentary style, it's very much like like Blair, which which isn't a mockumentary, but. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of see like the whole shitty production quality or, or like faked shitty production quality. Yeah. So. So I'm going to throw a wrench into this here. This comes from at Conway 96 Ducks says on Twitter, there must have been a boyhood type documentary about Bombay. Otherwise, they couldn't have gotten the pre Ducks courtroom footage either. Would love to see that release one day. But boyhood's not a documentary either. He said type. Like following Bombay, for like a long so, time. like a, more like a hoop stream, hoop dreams documentary. Mm. Yeah, but a longer period of time. I mean, that's over a period of five years. But but Conway ninety six actually is saying longer than five years. Well, no, no. Here, here's the thing: is we um that's through like seven years. I mean, well, this could have been uh like Ducksworth's firm, like oh Gordon's going for his thirtieth win. Let's get the camera out there. Or they could have just like just d- done like stumbled. a follow up to it. Like they put this documentary out long ago and then followed it up whenever he became relevant again. Yeah, I think what Conway ninety six Ducks is saying is how are they getting the footage of Charlie and gang escaping from the guy they put the poop dollar in and and, and getting the uh, dog to eat the beans and stuff like that where is that footage coming from so you're saying that it could have been like a dramatic recreation i'm asking the question where (laughs) did it come from and conway 96 ducks says that maybe it was like a long-term documentary and well i mean yeah in like hoop dreams they follow them around everywhere and hoop dreams has 
like a really good like it's it, you can almost like not plan it better and it is like a legit oh, documentary. Yeah. yeah, if if anybody's listening and hasn't seen Hoop Dreams, please go watch it right now cuz it's like it's one of my favorite. Yeah, it is of all it time. is excellent like, and, and we're not just saying that cuz it's a, a sports it's, documentary. It's long. It's like 4 hours long. Yeah, but it is Roger Ebert loved really, it. Really really good. It should have been nominated in one best documentary. Yeah. It it kind of like, like kicked off uh reality TV in a way too. It was it's like kind of the grandfather of all the shitty reality TV we have now. Thanks, Hoop Dreams. <laughs> so you're saying there was like a Hoop Dreams type documentary on the District Five Ducks? Well, see, when did Hoop Dreams land? It was got to be 90s. around the same time. Uh, early '90s, I think. Okay, because I'm thinking people get wind of, hey, you know, these two brothers are 94 doing... for Hoop Dreams. Okay, so they started after. filming in like '89 or '90, right? Or maybe '90, '91. The only tricky part with this is what is the hook for them to be. Well, doing no, no, no. It with so here's D5. here's the thing. Um, Hoop Dreams producers, uh, filmmakers are you know talking to their friends like, oh, we're we're following these kids around, and they're just like, oh, I want to do that. And so Hoop Dreams contemporaries finds, oh, here's a, a cool story, District Five. But how is it a cool story at that point? Well, there's probably a lot of these that just never really got off yeah. the ground. A lot of copycats. But this one actually did work. It just out. happened to be right place, right time. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. And there, there's a bunch of their other friends who picked like other shitty teams or whatever, and it just didn't work out because they didn't have this compelling storyline. Which That's is why bad. Hoop Dreams and the Mighty Ducks were both so successful. But there are a bunch that are not successful. Yeah, I think the key was they're just like, oh, we're gonna fall around these kids who are like inner city, but they're playing hockey, and they just. Are, are sort of a re- this ragtag bunch and they don't really have any direction in life and we'll just see what happens to them. And then Bombay started entering in to their lives and they're like, oh, we got something here. And fortunately, Bombay's mom is a, <laughs> is a filmmaker. So they had footage of Bombay as a youth and it all came together. I think we just figured it out. Yeah, we just answered the question. So you're welcome. Yeah, I mean that's great. It's like if you're uh, if you were writing a story or something, you know, you can ask for handout photos of oh, I'm writing a story about you know LeBron James. Oh, I talk to his folks or whatever friends. Oh, you have you know photos of LeBron as a kid, and they give it to you. So like, okay, we've got it. And they could have been very high quality. It also could have been like a dramatization, like it could. I mean, and it just didn't have the tagline. You know, they could have just hired a kid. Oh, they could have been very unethical and said, hey, this is a dramatization of what happened. Oh, yeah. But I like the mom storyline better. Do you think that the entire documentary is a dramatization where they actually hired actors to play out what actually (laughs) happened? No. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah. Come on, Tommy. Don't be stupid. (laughs) All right. I'm very satisfied with this answer we have arrived at, so... Uh, Hoop you, Dreams might be on YouTube. Like I, you might be able to embed it. I think it was on Showtime not too long ago. Like Showtime I know I've watched like, or whatever. Like a, a not necessarily legal copy, like online streaming it. Because mm. I know wow. like a lot of like college courses will offer like extra credit for watching or whatever. Great film. I, I like. Yeah. Wa- I want to go watch it right now. It used to be on Netflix for a while. Yeah, it is really. Remember, good. We, I think we watched it in college. Actually. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, right, so, after, right after we watched RoboCop, which is, <laughs> does not hold up as well. I never saw the remake of RoboCop. Did you guys? No. 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 Mm. RoboCop filmed in Dallas, partially, oh. right? Oh, yeah, one of the, the, like, the, the, the crazy famous building. building yeah. Yeah. Wow. It all comes full circle. Did you know that? 
I did not. No. Yeah. You know the building we're talking about, the one that's like slanted. It's like an upside down pyramid. Yeah. Not really. It's right there. It's right by the old, uh, the old building. Oh, maybe then. You've probably know. driven by it a hundred times. Probably, and I just haven't paid. Yeah, attention. it's downtown by. Um, it's a little bit south of the farmers market. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll look for it next time. Put, is... it, put a photo in the show notes. Yeah. I will. I was gonna say this is a great. I think pod. it's like just... the municipal building or some shit. I don't yeah, know. it's some some city building. All right, we'll figure it out and we'll put a picture in the show notes. Uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I'm satisfied. So let's just move on to the quack question here. If you're unfamiliar with the quack question, you ask us on Twitter, Facebook, email, and we try to answer basically the questions about the Mighty Ducks, anything surrounding the Mighty Ducks, and we pick the best one, answer one each time, and Kevin has the quack question today. All right, so this week's quack question comes from uh, at AKD underscore 56 on Twitter. Um, and he or she's, his or her question is, uh, with Gordon Bombay as director of player personnel for the Junior Goodwill Games, you think he would try to help Coach Riley get a job to rebuild his image? Okay, there's sort of competing competing uh motivations for bombay obviously riley was a coach and an influential figure in his life but i don't necessarily think he was the best influence so he probably influenced them the wrong way so i don't i feel like bombay at least initially is still upset at riley for kind of what he did to him and not making the game fun anymore and sort of derailing this great career but I don't know. Maybe, maybe later on he does. Maybe he starts to feel bad. He starts to soften, and Riley starts changing the mood. Who knows, Tommy? Uh, you know, I think initially the, he's probably like, "No, I don't want him anywhere near Team USA." But it, when he gets into his whole like um, Captain Blood phase or whatever, that's true. Where he's got his slick back hair, you know, it might be kind of like a we need you know people who know hockey in this organization. You know, Coach Riley knows hockey. Let's get him in here. Um, but I don't know. He he also knows like that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. I think it would take a very serious act of contrition on Riley's part first. Yeah. Like, or something happened in Riley's life that caused him to rethink his past transgressions and comes to Bombay hat in hand, you know, that kind of thing. I yeah. don't think Bombay would willingly just do it on his own. Yeah, he wouldn't reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have that act of contrition, I do think Bombay as we know, is kind of overly competitive. So if Team USA starts slumping, maybe he does think, like, we need to win games. I got to find people who can win games. And, hey, Riley has apologized and this stuff. Maybe he adds them on and they start to learn how to win games. Do you think that he might have been some kind of, like, cross-checker scout for the Iceland game, like, looking at the film of the first game and he sent Bombay notes? Mm, Oh, That'd be interesting. Just like a not shown in the documentary, like side story here. Making it look like it was just Jan and Bombay, but in fact, it was like, hey, Gunnar Saul likes to be fancy. He always goes glove side. Do you think he did that? Um, do you think he let Bombay know that he was doing that? Or do you think he did it anonymously then and then later was like, mm. hey, that was me? Because he knew he wouldn't open a letter from him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's no return address. Mm-hmm. So he sends him the scouting report. And Bombay's like, oh, I should have been doing this the whole time. Thank you, anonymous stranger, 
Gunnar Stahl always goes glove side. They win the Junior Goodwill Games, and then what happens? Does Bombay go back to Minneapolis, and and they somehow just has a chance meeting with Riley? Does Riley set something up? I think Riley like shows up or something at maybe like a Bombay appearance, and he's like, "How'd you get that scouting report? Like, how did you know?" <laughs> I, I think it happens a long time later. Oh, like ten years down. The oh, line. like Bombay like wrote a book about how he like. Oh, here's how I change, and Not here's how I that. and I could see I could see him almost like not like blackmailing him, but like, hey, you didn't actually do that. That I, was the scouting I, report you got from me. I think maybe it, it like it, it waits for like ten years, and then maybe Riley reaches out like, hey, you want to grab coffee or something, and and then do you think he's been like submitting like him tips him. like like oh look at this player, look at this player? I, I think Riley slow plays it. I think he just does well, that ten one, years. One time. It's like what the fuck is the point then? Well, he didn't realize he would. He was doing it, I think, to show that contrition, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to be like overt about like, "Hey, I need a job." Well, you ten know? years is a long time to wait. Well, yeah, to, like, I mean, maybe he, yeah. maybe he didn't want a job then, yeah, but then ten was... years down the line, he was like, "Oh, that would be nice to like reconnect with my old pupil." You know? Yeah, maybe he's not even asking for a job. He just yeah. has to let him know. There he just go. wants to let him yeah. know there. So maybe it's kind of like Riley. He's retired or something. He's done coaching, and then. He's like, hey, you want to grab coffee? Bombay's like, oh, okay, what could it hurt? And then he starts. they start talking, and then Bombay realizes how, you know, okay. And then he mentions, like, oh, you know, I'm actually going to, like, look at a kid who's, like, whatever. And then, you know, one thing, like, leads to another. And yeah. he says, like, Riley, why don't you, like, why don't you come join me or something? And then Riley's like, well, I don't want to fall back into my old ways. And then we get D4. There we go. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think the only thing sticking this up is obviously Riley's sort of reputation is gone a little bit after they lose to the hawk or to they lose to the ducks like does he is he go overboard in trying to like repair that or try to win even more just to repair that blemish on his record or is he changed after what bombay says to him uh really during the game when he comes over to the bench and says like oh to think all the times i'd like let you know what i think or whatever he said uh, I think maybe he coasts for a little while, and he's like a mediocre, it kind of turns into a mediocre program, and then maybe he quits, and then well, kind of like finds the fire again somewhere, and then... Well, we we talked about him, you could remember like, you know, putting a hit on Banks, and him getting, you know, run out of the league or something. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. So, yeah, so maybe, maybe... he just finds the bottle and spirals out of control, and... yeah. Rock bottom, and then he, yeah, he starts doing scouting reports too. Uh, it's like in a, a lot of thinking, a lot of thinking, a lot of drinking. Then Hoosiers, um, yeah, what's his name's dad is like a great basketball mind, but he's a drunk. Yeah, yeah. it's uh played by Dennis God. Hopper. Yes, exactly. Dennis Hopper. I bet you he's uh, if they were to like make a Riley movie, he could play Riley's dad. Isn't he dead? Well, Dennis I mean, like Hopper? way back in the day. Yes. Is Dennis Hopper dead? I'm pretty sure Dennis Hopper is dead. I'm looking it up. Converse amongst yourself. <laughs> Great film, Hoosiers. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, go watch that. Dennis but, Hopper died May 29, thousand ten. Yeah, that's seventy four. Yeah, yeah, he's old. How seventy four? He, he had, had when he died. Or yeah, well, he was yeah, born in nineteen thirty six. Wow. So yeah, his la- I think his la- one of his last appearances was like an entourage, which is sad. <laughs> oh, I remember that episode where they were yeah. betting on soccer. Yeah. yeah. Cause of death, prostate cancer. So you're yeah. right. 
Congrats to Kevin for winning this. <laughs> Congrats <laughs> to me, yes. <laughs> we finally R.I.P. Dennis Hopper and your yeah. your bygone career as Jack Riley. Yeah. Would have been a good one. But we'll look forward to the new Dennis Hopper, whoever that is. Who's the who's the Dennis Hopper of our times? I don't know. Dennis Hopper used to be pretty badass, like yeah. back in his day. Um He's great in Waterworld, underappreciated movie. Man, I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> it's it's nothing's else. free in Waterworld. Exactly. I I've seen the the live action version of Waterworld at like it somewhere in Vegas or something. That sounds great. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I was like five, but it was amazing. That's Who all I is the Dennis Hopper of our time? We'll leave it up to the Quack Lights. There you go. Thequackdeck.com. Go the there. New Dennis Hopper. Go there. Contact <laughs> us. At QuackDeckPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash QuackDeckPod. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us who you think this generation's Dennis Hopper is. <laughs> uh, Only one fan base can determine this. <laughs> Whoever we determine, we'll tweet at them and try to get them on the pod. Yeah. If they're still alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this generation's Dennis Hopper is also dead. That'd be bad. Uh, go to the shop. Buy some gear. Uh... Kevin, I may or may not have promised that there were going to be new designs in the shop during the the solo pod. So we'll he's like, I had to fill a half hour. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll see what I can do. Uh, yeah, keep using that Amazon link. Appreciate it, Amazon affiliate link. I'll put it in the show notes along with everything else. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack quack. Ain't no turning back. Got to believe.